our hope can be in a God that is so great, so awesome. And we were just singing, then sings my soul, my Savior, my God. That's personal. My Savior, my God, how great thou art is beautiful. Actually, another song we sang was Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ is not dead. And you mentioned that. I think it was in your prayer to Cameron there uh, of recognizing that Jesus is resurrected. He's alive. He's our living hope. So good, very, very good stuff. So thank you so much for, for leading us this morning. I could have went for a while. Doesn't look like your hand could have went for a while, according to that motion. <laughs> but uh, you guys do do very well. So thank you so much for leading us this morning. Uh, just a few announcements uh, while we have the offering. The offerings for the building fund this morning. Daniel, do you mind taking the offering? Daniel Stolsis isn't here this morning. Uh, the offering basket is back there. The offering is for the building fund this morning. So we'll have that, and then we'll have some announcements, and then we'll keep going here this morning. So thank you for, for your gift that you're about to give. We'll have a word of prayer for that. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you're our living hope. Uh, Father, in the midst of what seems to be a lot of hopelessness, Jesus Christ, you're our living hope. Thank you so much that we can come to an almighty God and know that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and your righteousness. So, Father, thank you that we can hope and we can trust in an almighty God and Father, I want to thank you, too, for the relationship that you call us in. We sang, this, we sang a song this morning that says, I want to be close. I want to be close to your side. That talks about relationship. So, Father, thank you that an almighty God, our living hope, that you want to have a relationship with us. So thank you, God, for the ability to have a relationship with you. Almighty God is beautiful. Thank you for this building. As we give this morning, I pray a blessing on the gift and the giver. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the offering is for the uh, building fund this morning. A few announcements while that is going around. Uh, next Sunday, we're not having fellowship meal this Sunday. We switched it to next Sunday. Because the Chaitin family is planning to be here, uh, and they're going to be uh, probably taking the whole service. If you remember, I think it was 2019 they were here as, their fa as a family uh, and for the, the, the service. They're coming here next Sunday, so we're going to have fellowship meal next Sunday uh, as well instead of today. Uh, Easter Sunday, obviously, is coming up in two weeks. Which uh, just I've been been processing quite a bit differently this year for some reason. Maybe it's just my thought processes of of Easter and what Easter really means. It's a big deal. It really is. Talking about hope, taking something that was hopeless and making hope out of it is 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 some of the reason for Easter. But it's coming up in two weeks, and the service here we will I will our family will not be here that morning, but PJ and Seth are gonna. Uh, be running that morning, the Easter morning, which is coming up in two weeks. Uh, the uh, If you saw on Facebook, Steve Kaufman put out some dates, some of the things that we have planned for the Adopt-A-Block on Beaver Street. Uh, I have, uh, excuse me, uh, 
I can ask him to get it on the board. We should have it here on the bulletin board as well. But the, he, had a, he had several dates out there of things that are coming up for the Adopt-A-Block. So uh, I'm excited about that. And I know Lorna, Miriam, you guys were involved in Mail and Jess in helping uh, plan that as well. And then even it goes all the way into this fall to where we have uh, plans for the Adopt-A-Block. So some good stuff coming up there. Some opportunities that we have to uh, bless the people in Beaver Street and do cleanup, trash cleanup. And uh, so more details as that gets closer, but those are coming up. And uh, look at on Facebook if you want to look at those dates as well. Uh, the uh, Let me see. May 22nd is the cabin weekend, right, PJ? Um, May 22nd that weekend, that has also been out there, uh, the cabin, the church cabin weekend that we have planned. If you didn't sign up for that and if you want to go, make sure you talk to PJ or Cynthia about that. We are not going to have a service here that Sunday morning. There's going to be a service out there. Uh, PJ is going to run with that and have something out there. Uh, it's about two hours away. So even if you decide not to go and you want to go out for Sunday morning, uh, I'm sure we'll be open to that as well. But if you want more details, talk to PJ about that. If you didn't sign up and you want to go, make sure you let him know because they have a second cabin that they can use several miles away. But if there's not enough of people to extend out to that second cabin, they're going to put it out for rental that weekend. So please, if you want to go uh, May 21, 22, and 23, Make sure you talk to PJ sooner rather than later. That way he knows how he can do his scheduling and booking there for, for their cabin. Do you have anything else to add to that? Or are there any questions? Okay. Any questions about that? All right. And everyone is invited. So uh, please talk to PJ and Cynthia if, if you're interested in being there. All right. I got a message from Barb uh, last night, and she was wondering if we could pray for her. And so we are going to do that. And if there's any other prayer requests, I want to open it up. But we're going to start with this. Uh, Barb says, I'd appreciate if you would all pray for me. And I asked her if I can specifically mention this here this morning in church, and she said, I may. And so that's why I'm sharing it. Uh, but we'll also pray for her. It says, I'd appreciate if you all pray for me. I've been experiencing higher than normal blood pressure this week, along with bouts of dizziness. I do have an ear infection, which they are treating. We also did a cholesterol test, and we're waiting for those results. The dizziness could come from the ear infection but the high blood pressure is not normal for me. And so that's what we want to pray uh, for Barb here uh, this morning. She says she hasn't been feeling sick, uh, and there hasn't been any pain, but uh, still dealing with, with high blood pressure is what we want to pray for. So we're going to pray for her this morning. Uh, and even after, as soon as we're done here praying for Barb, if there's something that you want to uh, have on the top of your head or you want to share that we want to pray for, uh, we'll, we'll do that. So uh, get 
get ready for that. We'll give you that opportunity. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this morning. And Lord, we want to thank you for your greatness, your goodness as we were singing this morning. I want to thank you for Barb this morning. Lord, thank you for who she is and the impact she's having on the, the community and the people there in Haiti and with Natalie as well. Lord, what a blessing she is. And I pray, Lord, this morning that you truly would bless her. But especially pray, Father, for her physical uh, well-being this morning, for her earache, the infection. I pray for healing, Father, there, that you would come down and just touch that and, and heal that. And also for her high blood pressure. Lord, I pray that you would come down into, into her body and just re reduce the, the high blood pressure level to be normal. And, Father, that she could be healed physically is what we're asking for this morning. But just give her grace and strength and be near to her through this journey as well. Keep protecting her. Father, living in Haiti is not uh, the, from our perspective, the ideal place to live right now. But yet we know that your plans and purposes and being where you want us to be is the, bless, is the best place to be. So pray a blessing on Barb this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, are there any other prayer requests? Someone or something that you want to pray for here this morning as a church? All right. Last Sunday morning, Lauren was leading our men's group, and he brought up the thought of living life well. And I've been processing that quite a bit recently. Uh, Lauren mentioned the, the fact when he gets old, he would like to be able to sit in his recliner and know that he lived life well. And I agree with that. I'm with you as well. But the question in my head, all right, what do we need to do to do that? Like, it's, can we just, like, just roll with life? Or what's it going to take to live life well? And the Bible talks about living our lives. And so I'm gonna, uh, we're going to look at a story this morning about living life well. And I think it applies to us this morning. And there's three questions I want us to ask. I want to ask you here this morning is how does this story apply to us? Are we ever in a similar situation? And question number three, what can we take away from this story today and put it into practice? The story is found in Luke 24. And I'm just going to give you just the beginning of the story. We're not going to read this part of the scripture. We're going to read a little bit later. But the story is after the resurrection. I know this is before Easter, but the, we are still living in a time where Jesus has already been resurrected. So Luke 24, uh, the, the, the story here was the it starts of the events of the day. When you start in chapter 24, it starts talking about uh, now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain others with them, they came to the tomb, they brought their spices that they were preparing. This was the third day of after Jesus died. This was the day that he was resurrected. And so we have the, the ladies, uh, Mary, Magdalene, Joanna, it talks about going to the tomb. And remember, Jesus had just died. They just had this large life event. Like literally a life-altering alter, event. 
And so they're just still processing this. I'm sure they're no different like us. Their minds were spinning. They were talking. They were trying to figure things out. They were confused. I think a lot of people were very sad because their hope was completely dashed. I mean, it was shattered. What they were hoping for in their minds ended up in a disaster from their perspective. And so that's what we're coming out. Now, here Jesus is, this is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And so uh, the, the women came, and they found the empty tomb. The stone was rolled away. Jesus' body wasn't there. The two angels were there. They had a conversation with them. And, you know, they said, hey, who are you looking for? Jesus isn't here. He's risen. And so they uh, run back to the other disciples. And, of course, you know, we see Peter and John, and they, Peter comes running to the tomb, runs into this empty tomb, and Jesus isn't there. Not only isn't he there, you know, it says Peter sees his clothes nicely folded there where his body was. Uh, so they get all excited. John was along as well. The disciples were filled with joy, but I think they were joyful, but I think there was still a lot of uncertainty there. We see that as we look at some of the responses of the disciples. Some of them couldn't believe it. Others were wondering, is this really true? I'm sure there's rumors began to spread. Uh, did, you, did you hear this? Did you hear this? I think this. And so that is, that's the the story, that's the events of this day here in Luke 24, leading up to what we're going to read here this morning. And what we're going to read is Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. And this is when, this is after Jesus was resurrected, and he comes and he shows up. Now, Jesus could have done lots of different things to reveal himself after he was resurrected. You know, he could have came, he could have showed up to Pilate, he could have appeared to Caesar, he could have showed up to the Jewish leaders, or showed up at the temple. He could have done some of those things. But look where he chose to show up first after his resurrection. Luke 24, we're going to read verses 13 to 35. Now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So it was when they conversed and they reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so they did not know him. And he said, this is Jesus speaking, he asked a question. What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one whose name was Cleopas answered and said, are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known these things that happen these days? Jesus says, what things? They said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a mighty prophet indeed, and word before God and all the people, how the chief priests, the rulers, delivered him to be condemned to death, crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to be redeemed Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who went with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. 
but him they did not see. Then he said, this is Jesus talking, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all of the prophets, in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all scriptures the things concerning him. Then they drew near the village where they were going, and he indicated, this was Jesus, that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. It's toward evening. The day is far spent. And Jesus went in with them. And it came to pass as he sat at the table that he took the bread. He blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. Verse 31, Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? Why he opened the scriptures to us. So they arose the same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. And he told them about the things that have happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Excuse me. So this is how Jesus, the almighty king, after the resurrected king, after he was resurrected, chose to reveal himself to two people that we never heard of before. Cleopas, this is the only time his name is mentioned in the Bible. And his friend or the other person, we don't even know who it was. The Bible doesn't even say his or her name. May have been his wife, may have been his brother. We don't know. But these two people that we've never heard of before, that are walking toward Emmaus. And this is something very common to them. They are literally just traveling from one point to another by foot. This is an ordinary day for them. Yes, I realize that they, they are just coming. Jesus had just resurrected. So a big happening just happened but when Jesus shows up to them, they are doing something so normal for them. They are simply walking from one place to another. I mean, we walk and we don't even think what we're doing. We hop in our car because we want to go from one place to another. It is routine. We don't even think about it a lot of times. That, oh, I'm just going to walk from here to there. I'm going to hop in my car from here to there. But this was normal routine for them. And guess what? Jesus shows up right in their routine. And he comes in right along beside them, and he starts walking with them. As they were walking, Jesus just comes and just shows up right into their situation. So Jesus just comes in and he's walking with them, hearing their conversation, and then he asks them a question. The first thing that he does, he asks them a question. He says, what kind of conversation is this that you're having when you're walk and you're walking and you're sad? So obviously they were sad because it does say that was... Uh, they were, and, and rightly so, because it talks about that they were hoping he was going to be the Messiah. So they were sad, but Jesus comes in and he asks them a question. He says, what kind of conversation are you having 
and Cleopas answers, and he's probably like, what for backwoods guy is this that you don't know what all just happened? And they go and explain to him all what happened, the events of the last several days. And then it is so interesting. Look what Jesus does. In verse 25, he said unto them, O foolish ones. Like, the first words out of his mouth, okay, his first words was a question. What are you talking about? They explained to him, and then Jesus says, O foolish ones. Like, what a thing to say to people. You fool. Not only you fool, but he says, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things? Then it says in verse 27, at the beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all things the scriptures concerning himself. So Jesus comes, he calls them fools and he calls them slow of heart. Why? Because he says, you guys did not believe the scripture and you didn't believe a prophecy. Scripture talked about this. It says he expounded to them the scriptures. And he said, this was scripture, but you didn't believe. Now, let's not throw Cleopas and his friend out here. Because I want to ask us the same question. We have scripture. Do we believe? Do you believe? They didn't believe, obviously, because then Jesus called them fools. And maybe sometimes we're troubled, we're confused, we're disappointed, just like Cleopas and his friend were. We were hoping that things would happen, and they didn't happen like we thought they would. That was the case here. But is it part of God's plan? Is it part of, is what you're experiencing, is what we're experiencing part of God's plan? And does Scripture talk about it? And do we believe it? What Scripture says. Verse 29. So they're walking, right? Jesus comes. He's walking along beside. They have this conversation. Verse 29. uh, Sorry, verse 28. They drew near to the village where they were going. And Jesus wanted to go further. But they constrained him and said, no, stay with us. Because the evening's far spent. And so he went in to stay with them. And so then in verse uh, 30, it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and he gave it to them. So, first of all, he, met, he just shows up to them while they're walking. This is just a normal thing for them. Jesus just comes in right into their normal life and shows up and starts talking with them. Now they end up in Emmaus, and they go, and they sit at a table, it says, because they're going to eat. They needed to eat. We need to eat. We need to eat. Eating is normal for us. Eating was normal for them, just at a table. It says they sat down to eat at a table. 
And what did Jesus do? He chooses this spot to reveal himself at a very common, normal spot is where it says Jesus revealed himself. It says he took the bread, he broke it, or he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and he knew it, or they knew him, and then he vanished out of their sight. How often do we miss God in our routine? Do you see how Jesus chose to reveal himself? This is the resurrected king. He comes down and he shows up with Cleopas and his friend walking on the road. He shows up there and then he goes and there at the dinner table is where where he reveals himself. This is not a huge planned event, you know, gathering that Jesus reveals himself. He comes down into our normal routine. That's how he came. And I believe that's how he wants to do for us as well. We're all on a journey. We're on a road of life. We're all on some kind of walk to Emmaus, per se, that we're on a journey. And I really believe that Jesus wants to walk with you. Not only does he want to walk with you, Jesus didn't just walk with them. He started a conversation. And when you start a conversation, you start building this thing called relationship. It's the heart of Jesus, a relationship with you. And I believe he wants to do it in the ordinary, just like he did with Cleopas and his friend. We've all heard about Jesus. Most of us probably since we were little, you know, we sang songs about him, children's songs, and that's awesome. We memorized Bible scriptures. We talked about, you know, we, we talk about Easter. We talked about Jesus dying on the cross. We know about him, but do we fully comprehend him? Jesus at the dinner table, it says that's where he revealed himself. They comprehended the resurrected Jesus. I look at this story, and I see this story as also being very personal because Jesus showed up to them in a personal way. He could have came in a mighty way. I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but, I mean, Jesus could have literally came. He could have been flying around like an airplane and landed in the middle of a temple or in the middle of a huge gathering, and he could have made a big deal about himself and said, hey, you know, look at my hands, look at my feet. Here's where they stuck the sword into me. This is, you know, he could have came in this huge, glamorous way. He could have done that. You know, that the whole 
city and everything would have just seen, oh, whoa. No, but he didn't. He chose to come in a normal, personal way. And I think that's still his heart today. Actually, I know it is. To come in your normal walk of life is where he wants to come right alongside of you and walk with you and talk with you and reveal himself to you more of who he is. So when I look at this story, this is what I think is very important to living life well. The important part, the importance of living life well, I believe, is the importance of daily living. Yes, we can have large events. That can be very impactful. I am all about those. I'm not throwing those out the window. But I believe a bigger part of just these few large events that we have in our lives in order to live life well is the importance of daily living. Allowing God, allowing that relationship for him to come in and simply walk with us as we walk through life. Just a daily routine. He wants to be involved in your daily routine. He really, really cares about you so much that he would just love to come in right in your daily life and be there every day. Whether you're walking, whether you're driving, the normal things you do, he'd love to be involved in. That's, if we allow God to come into our normal routine, that's going to be able to sit in the recliner like Lauren was talking about at the end of our life and say, I lived life well. A day at a time. How you live your daily life greatly affects your end result. Now, we're recognizing the importance of our daily lives and the importance of allowing God to come in into our daily lives. Satan also knows this. I'm convinced he does. Because when you look at Satan working, he would love to do the same thing to destroy you. Just to come into your daily routine and a little bit at a time just chip away at you until you're destroyed. Satan also works in the daily routine, so let's be aware of that. I think it's a, it's, it's a tool that he uses to just come into something that you're comfortable with and just chip away at you when he can. So our daily lives are so important. So just wrapping this up here this morning, looking at this story, let's take this story and let's learn from this story and let's recognize the importance 
of how Jesus revealed himself for the first time in the normal life of Cleopas and his friend and his disciples. And I think that's how he wants to do it uh, for us as well. It's just come into, a, into our normal lives uh, starting today. I really believe it. And so let's live daily lives to the best of our ability. Allow God to come into that, and then we will live life well. Um, before we just, if you buy, if you buy two trees, just say for instance you go somewhere now's the time to buy plants and shrubs and stuff. You go and you buy two trees, and you plant, you buy the exact same trees, the exact same height, the exact same kind of tree, and you plant them beside each other. And the one chooses to grow only on Sundays. One day a week, that thing chooses to grow. It's Sunday, so it'll just grow a little bit. Next Sunday, it'll just grow a little bit. And maybe every once in a while, it'll go to a, you know, a, a large event and, and really grow a little bit more. The other tree grows a little bit every day. In a year, which tree is going to be the strongest and the most, health, most healthy? The tree that grows every day, a little bit every day. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Daily living. Growing every day. Versus just growing on Sunday mornings when you come to church. Or when you attend a large event. They're important. But let's learn to grow every day. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I want to bless you. I want to thank you for this story that we have here in Luke 24. And we see how the resurrected Jesus, you came not, you didn't come back in this huge glorious fashion like you could have to reveal yourself after the resurrection. But you showed up to Cleopas and his friend on their walk as they were walking to Emmaus, and you started talking and building a relationship with them. And then you went and you had supper with them. There's another, just a beautiful picture of relationship. You went to their house and you were eating with them. And so, Father, I just see that importance of relationship in our daily normal routine and how you want to show up in our daily lives is so important. So, Lord, thank you so much that you care about us so much, that, you're care, that you care about our daily lives. So I pray, Father, that as we leave from here, we will learn to invite you into our daily things, our daily lives for your glory. So bless each person that's here. Thank you for each person. I pray a blessing on uh, the fathers, on the mothers that are here, on the family units. Father, there's singles here. I pray a blessing on them. There's business leaders here, business owners. Pray a blessing on their businesses as well. And, Lord, as we go throughout this week, may we keep learning to walk with you every day. Thank you, God. You're so good. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, you guys are, are dismissed.